Welcome to the All St. George episode of the Triathlete Hour. Today, we've got everything you need to know for the Ironman World Championship in St. George next weekend. Legendary world champion Mark Allen is here to break it all down. He talks to us about what goes through a champion's mind in the last two weeks before the big dance, how he thinks St. George will play out differently than Kona, and he has very, very detailed predictions and background on all the top contenders. And first, Laura Sadal gives us the inside look at Final Worlds prep and her take. Now, we will try to bring you an on-the-ground show in St. George next week, but keep up online with all the latest on how to watch, pro predictions, what you need to know about the cores, and all the characters of Utah. We'll be busy doing around-the-clock coverage from St. George, and we'll be back after the Ironman World Championship with more regular podcast episodes. All of that after this break. Power your next adventure with Outside Plus. Our Outside Plus membership gives you access not just to exclusive triathlete content, but also content across all our network brands like Outside Magazine, Backpacker, Velo News, and Trail Runner. With an Outside Plus membership, you get two magazine subscriptions, a $50 gear credit to the Outside Shop, which includes our library of training books, resources like our custom 70.3 training course and clean eating meal plans, dozens of training plans through today's plan software, a free event with Outside Events Cycling Series, and a discount on any races on Tri-Reg or Athlete Reg. And you get access to Gaia GPS and Trail Forks to help you find great routes and an annual Finisher Picks photo package to memorialize your race afterwards. Plus, now all of our members get access to our first ever team triathlete, a community of triathletes that includes Q&As with experts, training plans, in-person meetups, and team swag and giveaways. We'll be with you on your triathlon journey from start to finish. Join at triathlete.com backslash outside plus. That's outside P-L-U-S, one word. Become an Outside Plus member today. All right, Sid is with us at peak Ironman fatigue. I feel like everyone who's been like getting ready for St. George has been forgetting to text me back, forgetting emails. <laughs> like. You're saying that because about 15 minutes ago, you sent me a message going, also, tomorrow night is good if you want to catch up then, whereas we had arranged to catch up to right. tonight and I'd completely forgotten. It's a Sunday. It's not a Monday. That's it my does excuse. seem that, I mean, it is peak. It's like two weeks out Yeah, when you're like really tired. How are you feeling? Are you feeling like pumped? Are you excited? Are you ready to go? Um, <laughs> Good question. Are you crying know, in your car? Like, where yeah. are we at? <laughs> yeah. Am I like rocking and shaking and... um. I don't know. It's been a weird week, to be fair, because we had our we did our two week training camp in St George, and it fa- kind of felt that we had a lot of momentum and energy, and the like crescendo was building. And I'm glad I didn't stay in St George because mm. I think it would have been super intense then going into these next two weeks as more and more athletes are arriving, and also I'd have been there on my own. And then, um, but then coming back to Boulder and being in the squad, it's kind of like there's other people doing different races, and you kind of. It was a bit flatter, not flatter, but just a bit of a shift in hmm. momentum this last week. But yeah, I mean, this weekend was like probably the last like big, big, big hours. And then yeah. still got another, obviously, we're two weeks away. Still got another, a few more key sessions in there just to kind of keep sure. keep tipping, ticking over. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm in a really weird place, like seeing the other races going on this weekend. And like tomorrow yeah. I've got a complete, day off and which always freaks me out because I'm and I've got like I'm gonna I've got to use it to get you know get on get ahead of the game and be really planned and prepped for 
race. So like you just checking, like, right. you know, going to buy those extra gels or, you know, putting my elastic laces in my shoes, <laughs> in my new shoes and that sort of thing. So I'm going to try and use it sort of productively, but still use it as rest and make the most of it. Because like you said, we're kind of at that high fatigue. I always feel on those rest days like that. I'm, you come to the end of it and you're like, what did I do? Did I? Oh, you never I do anything. Productive? Like, yeah, or yeah, yeah. not. And I know that's not the aim, but you still, anyway. I always have like a list of things and then you're like, no, I don't do any of those things. I like lay on the couch and wash Law & Order. That's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you see, yeah. I, I just tend to, yeah. Anyway. But yeah, I'm kind of in that, I'm in a bit of a, probably dazed. It's not, I'm not close enough yet to be that. I mean, at least last week, to be fair, it was being that roller coaster of emotions that you get as you, you know, one day excited, the next day I wake up feeling physically sick sort of thing. And it's like, <laughs> feels like it's race morning sort of thing. So the usual, it's great. It's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. It, it is an interesting so. question, though, because, um, I mean, on the one hand, first Ironman World Championships we had in almost three years, it, yeah. like, I do feel like excitement is starting to build among the people yeah. not racing. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, like you're saying, like, there are other races. Like, Ironman, Te- I watched the Ironman Texas finish yesterday. It was super exciting. They're super late. Like, so it's not quite kind of, when we have it in October, there's sort of like everyone's building towards the yeah. end of the year. And now it's like, oh, there's still other stuff happening. Yeah. And like, yeah. Ironman Australia is right. next weekend, which I'm very annoyed that they put a pro race in for that race. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a pro race to start with this year, which is a shame because it's a great race. But then I think when Ironman New Zealand got yeah i think year, it's still like the they shifted the, stuff shifted and, the yeah. pro yeah. pros to ironman australia which would be which is great but yeah it's it's weird there are other, and also i think because this year like you said we haven't had a world championships for like two years but and there are other races but we're so early on in the season that no one really knows no. where anyone's at and you've got that unknown of you've seen what has ha- what like some of the up and coming athletes, mm-hmm. the benefit of those those COVID years and they're coming out with amazing performances. Yes. And so there's, yes, we can talk about the favorites on race day, but I mean, an, a full distance always throws up everything that can happen. But also you've got sort of these athletes that they could absolutely have stepped up another level and absolutely have blinders and throw a real cat amongst the pigeons. Yeah, I mean, we talked about the kind of after Oceanside, how it was sort of like, oh, wait, like there are new people yeah. that we need yeah. to be focusing on. But it also, you're right, it does feel like everyone's paying, like in the circles, when everyone's like, who's yeah. going to win? Who's going to win? They're like, well, she had a really good bike session last week. Right? Like, it feels like there's like more gossip and more yeah. like, I hear so-and-so is fit, as opposed to like race results, because we don't have that many race results. Yeah. So it's kind of like, he looks good. Yeah. And we, you know, we all, everyone puts their good stuff on Instagram, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> they don't put... They don't put the session yesterday where they're trying to just hold their bike up vertically in the crosswinds in Boulder and you no. can't even try and put any power down on the session you're meant to be doing. <laughs> oh, I had those days in Boulder. But I literally had someone tell me, well, I watched on so-and-so's YouTube and he didn't look like he didn't look like he really wanted it. Like we're like reading into people's oh YouTubes God. now. We're like, this is where we're at in terms of our predictions. So. <laughs> but that, I mean, OK, let's go back to that. This is the first World Championships post-COVID years. Mm-hmm. And during COVID, a lot more athletes took to social media True. as a way during those years of um, supporting sponsors and vice versa and engaging with fans. So actually, we've probably got a lot more social media, even more than usual, social media content around athletes and what they're doing. 
and more athletes have got yeah having you know doing videos and photo- photographs and stuff like that leading into an event to be able to access all that information right. and just yeah i mean it's kind of like how when jan finally said he wasn't racing we were all like yeah you were doing a lot of backcountry skiing yeah. on instagram <laughs> so this isn't shocking yeah. yeah so i think there's an amount where you can read into it but yeah. you know don't read too much yeah yeah instagram versus reality as i think it was as one of our favorites kat matthews said i think she posted a a picture a few weeks ago and she's always been very um she's always been very vocal about body image right, and right. not stereotyping and you can still be a fast runner etc cetera, etc cetera. and i think she put a picture up and the quote was don't comment on how i look comment on how well i perform in three weeks time like, you know right. fair play yeah, yeah well, whatever i've never i've never been. but clearly she looked quite good as well right. You're like also <laughs> she like, yeah. this is yeah. what we're all you know judging each other yeah. it's fine it's weird it's yeah. cool. ignore the noise ignore, ignore the noise, the noise. Is what, which is why i'm like just in that living session by session of day by day and someone give me some coffee and okay. sit in a cafe and switch off and i'll be all right she but says, you also got a full preview of the course and we've also yes. been talking more and more about that and as i keep looking at it it is brutal yeah not just i mean the bike is brutal we talked about that but then a lot the of the run. a lot of a lot of the courses out there that have that much climbing, you then just have like a flat bike path run. Yeah. That is not the yeah. case here. <laughs> like, nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. I think, I was talking to someone the other day, the only flat section on the run course is either about the first 10 meters out of transition. Right, right. That one block <laughs> um, where you like run like to one the circle. Block, yeah. yeah. Um, alternatively, there's a section where you... You like go around running, a park. You, that's not flat okay um <laughs> just letting you know that's not flat um you run under the road you run under the di- not diagonal bluff street like overpass yeah yeah on a, but you run under and a, through a little tunnel and i think that's the flat bit that's oh, okay. what i've decided it's about 15 meters that makes sense yeah 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 and then you come out of it up to a steep like right. <laughs> yeah yeah it is it's um it's fascinating i yeah, you know, Kona's not an easy course, no. let's let's put it that way. It's definitely hard, but I think it's exciting for a world championships that this is so brutal. It's also so though, hard. I would let you know that the race director they did pick they did try to make it because it, famously the Iron Man had like a thirty percent DNF rate, right? Twenty nine percent. So they did try to make it slightly easier. They had some ideas for the run course that were terrible, and they yeah. and they tried to make it a <laughs> like little doubling, easier. Yeah, like doing the seventy point three course yes. twice. No, that's not 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 particularly good. I don't know. Actually, maybe that would be a good idea because the hills just like it's shorter, but it's steeper. I don't know. We'll see. So they did try to make it. I mean, I do think it's a really good course. I do think it's really cool. As a spectator, I'm just like, this is hilarious. This is going to be amazing. Yeah. Particularly, and I, I was saying something to my husband today. Like, it's stupid in many ways to say, like, well, it always comes down. It comes down to the run because, like, of course, it comes down to the run. That's the last thing. Like, that's a dumb thing to say, right? <laughs> yeah. But this is a course I think where everyone knows if they go like too hard on the bike, that run they are just going to implode, and it's not going to be like a little implosion. It's not going to be like, oh, you can hold on to it. It's going to be like walking, <laughs> like. That that like gradient yes. up is suddenly going to seem like you are climbing Everest and you need an oxygen mask and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know that that's what's like we said. There's new athletes coming through, and then I think it also just and again, this is a stupid thing to say. The best will always win. Oh, nice. Obviously. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> but you know, I think it's just there's an opportunity for athletes that it would still probably do well in Kona, but maybe not as well, mm-hmm. but it's more suited to them or their strengths or like, I would watch out for Lionel. Now I would watch out for like 
you know, yeah. Heather Jackson. Like, yeah. there are some people who, um, for sure, it suits them a lot better, yeah. um, which I think is part of the value of, you know, I mean, we personally yeah. think moving a world championship course around. Exactly. The other thing, yeah. though, about the, uh, besides the fact that it's going to be super fun for all of us to watch, the long descent into town that you do twice. Yeah. yeah. So you do it twice. And as I was thinking about this, on that second lap, you're going to be hitting people on their first lap. And I would really like everyone to not crash and to chill out. Yeah. <laughs> It's got it, and also then you're gonna have people coming on the the second time through. Through, because you like come down through. and you go right. It was like a so when the pros come around down it the first time. <clears throat> excuse me, they're gonna potentially have age groupers coming in from Sand Hollow. Maybe I don't know. I yeah, can't probably. work out the a timings on them. that. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. But yes, then you're gonna have people coming the second time. Will be going straight through to transition and others turning right. I'm hoping they have like a mat. Well coned lanes but like a massive crash barrier and hay bales on that corner because that's a sharp corner and you go around that corner and you still are descending and then you and everyone everyone because you come in super fast and then you hit the first roundabout and then you hit the second roundabout and everyone hits those too hot ben hoffman went into a bush i I saw it (laughs) like it (laughs) it happens right so like i oh and it's just i really i'm nervous i hope everyone like chills out Oh, as it so the two you mean the two roundabouts like right you, in town, right, yeah. Right into this, okay, yeah, yeah. The one you hit the, that one like really dragon. fast, yeah, yeah, at the bottom of diagonal, and then you, yeah, because that steep section down, mm-hmm. I think it's Main Street or whatever, which effectively you run then run down as well mm-hmm. is pretty is steeper than you think. Yeah. So it'll be fun, and then if it's raining or oh snowing wind, or, or wind or a hundred degrees, I mean, <clears throat> who knows? <laughs> I I'm interested, like you know, the last time it was raced. What were the win like Ben won, didn't he? So it was Ben Hoffman and yeah, Meredith. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. We talked and, and I like- looked up the times and yeah. Ben's time was like nine oh nine and Meredith won the women's pro race in like a ten hour Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> so I am and I okay that it's a little bit different of course yeah. since then, but I'm still intrigued to see either there's two ways. One, how slow the world championships would be, kind of thing. <laughs> or two, that conversely, how fast the top pros can still go on that course. Like that, right. I think, is still going to blow my mind. Someone asked me yesterday, is it a sub four-hour bike course? And I was like, no. No, it is not. No, it's not. Is it a sub five-hour bike course? <laughs> ah, depends on the wind. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so we're all excited. Yeah. I hope you're excited, Sid. I was going to invite you to our party the night before, but I guess you'll probably be focused on racing. Oh, you're a... Thank God I'm not. Is that the... <laughs> yeah. The, I'm not racing I'm party. I'm not racing party, yeah. Yeah, no, I'd probably be a bit preoccupied that night. Yeah. So. It'd be funny if I just turned up and then just rolled straight down to transition yeah. in the morning. It's fine. There are some yeah. pros I wouldn't, some characters I wouldn't put that past. This is true. All right, are you uh, excited though? Are you ready for the for the first world championship in a while? I Yeah, it's going to be, I think it's great. I think there's a good amount. And the other, the other thing when we were there a couple of weeks ago, I... A lot of people like, randomly came up, like locals, and on the whole, the locals are really excited right. that it's going to be there. And they were there advertising on the radio, and you know, like I was in the gym, and this guy, this guy, bless him, I obviously clearly had triathlete across right, my right, forehead, right. but I don't know why. I wasn't in my cycling kit in the gym, but and he um, he said, "Oh, are you racing in a few weeks' time at our, uh, our our race?" And I said, "I am." And he's like, "Do you know Chrissy Wellington?" <laughs> was like yeah i do yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Best yeah. Best no. but a lot of the other locals like just meeting them at the pool and right, stuff right. they were like so excited 
and amazed like to have the event which is a really nice atmosphere to be going into for sure as well that's always nice yeah. and that's good that yeah. the questions i get said when i'm in like when you're like somewhere and you're training and the locals i always get you're gonna do the whole thing all by yourself <laughs> so that's what i get <laughs> you get do you know christy Wellington? <laughs> i do i do also get i stopped at the um you'll know this the hygiene uh store yesterday and had a magic bar the infamous magic bars and the guy was like is that an electric bike? <laughs> and I'm like, well, technically, yes. Right. The gears right. are electric, but no, there's no motor yeah, in there. Yeah. I promise. <laughs> I think it'll be good, though. I think it'll be fun. I'm excited. I'm excited yeah. to watch. This is Sometimes when I'm watching, I'm like, oh, I wish I was racing. This is not one of the ones I wish I was racing. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I, to be fair, like, okay, now we're talking about it. I'm getting really excited to race. <laughs> so I'm in my excited day, obviously, okay. now. But I am... Half of me is like, I think it's going to be such a good race. I'd love to be right watching and, and seeing that side of it. But um, I'm sure I'll go back and watch the coverage afterwards and yeah. see what happened. And we'll have our, we'll get a few beers and have a catch up, I'm we'll sure. Catch up, yeah. Yeah. Weirdly, a lot, a lot of times when you're running around covering it, you end up not actually watching the whole thing. You just yeah. see like bits and pieces. And then after the yeah. fact, I'm like, what happened? So good yeah. times. Yes. But we will cheer very loudly for you when we see you. It'll be great. Thank so. you. <laughs> thanks, All right. Kelly. Thanks for the inside scoop, Sid. All right. This week, we have the one and only Mark Allen to come and give us a world champion's view on the world championship. So, Mark, we're two weeks out today while recording this. And what I want to know is what's going through your head those last two weeks? Like, how much panic training are you doing? How much resting? What does it, what does it kind of take in the last two weeks? Yeah, those last two weeks are... They're they're great and they're tough. You know, you've had this long, uh, really structured buildup in your in your training and fitness. You know, getting to that next level, next level, next level, and all of a sudden, in especially at about two weeks out, you have definitely cut back on your overall volume, and so all of a sudden you're in this limbo land where you're doing less training. So your body's actually kind of in this super taper mode where it's. It's just super recharging in the sense that you're not asking more of it. You're asking less. And so your body kind of goes, oh, I can actually like really shut down and really recover and really repair and really replenish those internal batteries so that two weeks from now I can kick ass. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And But it feels weird. You, right. you actually feel like you're kind of getting out of shape because you lose that tension thing that you hold for those weeks where you're building. And so for a lot of athletes... Instead of just sticking to the plan, they they throw in one or two extra workouts that actually pushes them back over the edge, which is not what you need. Especially two weeks out, you need patience to just stick with the plan. You to stick with your taper and just absorb, you know. Uh -huh. And when you then when you get to, you know, that final week, then everything starts to click again, and you start to go, oh, okay, actually, I am feeling pretty good. So you also felt terrible two weeks out from. That's not just like regular mortals. You also would feel terrible. Oh, yeah. Okay. And, you know, it, 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 the first couple of years that I was racing, I I didn't stick to my plan the way I should have. And huh. so I I kind of go, oh, let me just go out and do a, a session just to test myself and make sure that my fitness is still there. You know, <laughs> and finally, I, I kind of got the confidence like, OK, I just need to just roll with this because I knew what I had done and I knew that I needed to absorb it. And so that's what I did. And then the second thing that kind of sort of creeps in in those final two weeks, especially that, you know, about two weeks out, is that since you are cutting back on your training, you have more time and all of a sudden 
you think of the 23 things that you forgot to put in place for the race, like, oh, my God, I forgot my to get a, a new number belt. You know, it doesn't work or I forgot, you know, whatever it is. And you, so you start to go over your your nutrition plan for race day. You, you start to go over all of the, the little odds and ends that you're you're going to try to pack so that you have it, you know. And St. George is a unique situation compared to, let's say, Kona. Kona, you know, it's going to be hot and tropical. Mm-hmm. St. George, it could be hot. It could, it could be, be cold. It could be hot and cold on the same day. It could be <laughs> sunny. It could be rainy. You, you just never know. So you've got to bring 23 different outfits, you know. <laughs> and um, th- for me, the, 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 the best way to just make sure that that all happened without absolutely flipping out was to literally type out a list of all the mm. things that I will need. And you just go down and you check them off, check them off, check them off, put them in a pile so that, you know, you don't look in your drawer and go, oh, yes, I have that. Take it out of the drawer and put it somewhere so okay. that, you know, that you, you can pack it. You know, just simple stuff like that. And it's it's also at the point where, you know, in those final two weeks, you're really starting to to feel the reality of what you got yourself into. And you know that on race day, it's going to be it's going to be a tough day. You know, an Ironman is not something that on Wednesday you go, oh, let me I think I'll do that this weekend. You know. <laughs> You have been thinking about this for pro- at pro- some people since 2019. Right. Um, and so you start to come up with all these scenarios that you might have to deal with in the race, but you're not racing yet. And so it it can be completely stressful thinking about how you will deal with all of these things. What if I what if I get my goggles kicked in the swim? What if I, you know, can't get my nutrition right on the bike? What if? On the run, you know, you, you go through all these things and you're kind of freaking out a little bit because it seems like you've got a massive number of insurmountable little challenges that could come up. Right. But I guarantee you, and listen closely, ladies and gentlemen, I guarantee you that no matter what comes up in the race, it will be so much easier to deal with it in the race than it is to think about dealing with it in advance of the race. Okay. So in other words... You know, for sure, go over your race, go over your strategy, go over your what, how you will work your nutrition, how you want to pace things, how you want to feel, where you might, where you know that you will need to sort of maybe talk yourself down off the ledge. Like if you're not a strong swimmer, that might be at the beginning of the swim. If you're not a strong cyclist, it might be when you are approaching the real climbs in the later part of the bike ride. If you're not a great runner, it might just be knowing that at some point it, you're probably going to have to like tell yourself, okay, let's just keep going, you know? So anyway, have, have your, your game plan or whatever, but then, you know, if you feel like you're sort of like mulling over this stuff too much, go to the things that you can control right now, mm-hmm. go over your to-do list again, go make sure you got all your equipment so that you're, you know, you're, you are just making sure that, yeah, everything's in place and, and everything that I can do right now is being taken care of. That brings a sense of peace. Okay. You know, and that, and that's ultimately what you're trying to do right now is to rein in the nerves a little bit. It get, And also keep in mind that it is very, it, it is a very good thing to have a certain amount of anxiety going into an event. So you have to like a big balance race. it. Like, yeah. You, <laughs> you don't want it to be like a wildfire burning out of control. But at the same time, you don't want it to be like just this little simmering coal because, 
you're not going to be able to get get up for the race on race day. You want it to feel different than your training. You want the excitement to propel you to a level that you 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 could never do on your own. You want that anticipation to transform into a great experience and a great performance on race day, and ultimately keep. It, during the race, keep drawing back, keep thinking back on what you have done to prepare and know that you are ready for this. Now it's your day. Now it's your day. <laughs> Obviously, there's always the like just getting to a start line is hard for an Ironman because of all the th- kind of things you just said. Does it seem to you like this year there are, it seems like there are more pros pulling out, more things coming up, more injuries, more COVID, more illness? Is just getting to the start line fit and healthy and ready to race really that hard? It, it sounds so simple, doesn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but it just it just shows that uh, you're, you're training training by by numbers, which has become so much of what people do nowadays. You know, everything is measured and quantified and, and put in a on, in a log on Strava or Garmin Connect or wherever you place your stuff. But ultimately, you're you're still a human being, and so there, if you can take the the numbers that you 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 are aware of from your training and blend that with how you're actually feeling as a person, and sort of heading off the the chance of getting injured or getting mm-hmm. sick or whatever, because you can you're more aware of the subtle little signals and signs going on in your body than your heart rate monitor is going to show you. Hmm. And so you can tell days out or maybe even weeks out if you're starting to maybe do a little too much and there's a little niggling signs going, Hmm. Kelly, (laughs) you're doing a little too much. It's time to back off. It's okay to back off now. Then you can, you can avoid those things and you can show up healthy. However, as we're seeing this year, there's, there's been so many people who have been pulling out at the last minute for valid reasons Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, some of them, there's probably not a lot they could have done about, no. you know, Joe Skipper gets COVID. Right. Not much you can do about that. Or like but, Langa pa- crashes his bike. Like it happens, right? Yeah. Yeah. Patrick Patrick crashes on his bike, you know, and there, but, you know, Lucy's got a hip fracture, you know, Jan Ferdano's got a, got a tear in his Achilles and, and, you know, some of the women are out because they're pregnant. Obviously, that's <laughs> a different you know, thing. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good thing. You know, that's not an injury. But um, uh, yeah. So I, th- and I think probably partly why uh, it just seems like so many people are not getting to the start line. The top top folks is that they have had this huge long buildup. Basically, this has been a buildup since since you know 2019, mm-hmm. and so there's just this massive risk of overdoing it. Mm-hmm. And, and sort of either getting flat or, or really going over the edge like some of the people have. And so I I would find it very challenging. If this race had taken place maybe last year, I don't think we would have seen quite the rate of DNS, do, do not starts, that we're seeing right now. But this sort of added an, a whole other, another year onto this right. long, drawn-out process to get to a world championship, Ironman World, Ironman, full-distance Ironman World Championship. And this year is pretty packed, too. A lot of these pros are also, they have this, they have Kona, they have, like, all the PTO stuff in the summer, they have, God, what is it? There's more stuff. There's a lot of races this year. It feels like I don't know how they're all going to get through all of it. Well, that's a good thing, to have <laughs> those options. Uh, I think they're all very excited about that. You know, P- PTO, they've got their 
three open races plus mm-hmm. the Collins Cup. That those are great events to be a part of. Um, there's there's two full distance Ironman World Championships this year. Mm-hmm. Another thing, great and exciting to be able to throw yourself into. There's a half Ironman distance seventy point three World Championship coming up this year, along with you know a lot of the other standards, Challenge Roth, and you know you name it. There's there's so many events out there. Challenging though, in the sense that you've got to choose, pick and choose. Right. There's there's no way you can do all of them, and I kind of wonder like. You've got a guy like Christian Blumenfeld, who's, you know, sort of publicly stated he wants to win every big race there is this year. And that <laughs> to win one would be great. Right. right? But, to you know, to, to go to St. George and then five weeks later, I think it is go to, you know, sub seven, sub eight. You know, there's you, you got Cat Matthews now who's in that mix. Mm-hmm. Um, very. I think that will change. I would I would imagine that's going to impact her race in St. George on one level or another. Um, you've got, you know, Alistair Brownlee and you've got Christian Blumenfeld doing that double. That's, that's a big ask to do two huge, massive Ironman distance races in five weeks. Mm -hmm. You're just like shrug. We'll see how it goes. (laughs) You know, and let's say they, let's say one or let's say all three of those Mm -hmm. people pull off massive races in both of those events. Then the question will be how, how will that affect the rest of their season? Right. How do you we'll recover see. then from that? For sure. Yeah. yeah. But for me, it's it's exciting because there are so many scenarios of what could go on and who could win and what have people been doing. And so it's, you know, as it's been a long buildup for the athletes, it's been a long buildup for the fans as right. well. All right. So let's get into some of the scenarios. We talked, we like, uh, you briefly mentioned the men's race there and Christian wants to win, of course. What are some of the scenarios you see playing out here? Is it all the Norwegian hype train or is it Lionel? <laughs> how does this, how does this go? Yeah, I think it's complicated. Uh, you know, let's look, I, if you want, we'll start with the men. I think, um, I think the guy who's probably seems to be the smartest has been Gustav Eden. Mm-hmm. He didn't do any buildup races. He didn't do any prep races going into St. George, which is sort of counterintuitive because, you know, the last time he raced was Ironman Florida. So that's quite a while ago, but looking at some of the, some of the training that he's been doing leading into this, um, he's definitely not short on, he's not, not going to be short on fitness. Mm-hmm. He's proven that he can race really well in that environment in St. George winning 70.3 worlds last September. Um, he's proven that he can go quite fast in an Ironman as he went in Florida, 743 or whatever he went. First Ironman ever, 742, whatever it was. Right. I would have taken it at any point in my career. He does it first time out, right? Um, and he's smart. And he's also said, you know, I don't have the distance figured out. He said, I I might actually go to Kona, but I have no idea how my body's going to recover, recover from this. So instead of saying, I want to win everything, he's saying, I'd be happy if I could win one of these. Right. So he's, he's for sure, I think, a top three contender. Um, I, I would also say that um, Lionel Sanders is... You know, you were in Oceanside. Mm-hmm. You saw how well he ran after having sure. some challenges on the bike ride. You know, he couldn't push on the bike the way he wanted because of stuff going on with his nutrition, bottles and whatnot. But re- so anyway, seeing him get the fastest run on a day where you've got guys like Alistair Brownlee, Jackson Laundry, you know, super good runners. And he has the fastest run by a minute and a half or two minutes. He's fit. 
<laughs> Lionel Sanders is so fit right now. And you, you compound that with the fact that he changed coaches. Yep. He changed approaches. And he just says, now all I have to do is just show up and look at what I got to do and I do it. I don't have to think. I just do it. It's very different than I've trained before. I'm laying a lot, a lot bigger aerobic base. You know, those are words that I like to hear from somebody who has the talent that he does and the the mental strength that he does. So he's, I think also, he's he's a real contender for top of the podium, for sure, top three. Um, an, another one, and probably a lot of people don't necessarily put him as a real threat, I think is Sam Long. Mm-hmm. You know, he he, he saw what uh, Gustav and, and Christian Blumenfeld did last year in their Ironmans, and he all of a sudden... You know, it, it slapped him, it, it gave him a, a reality check. You know, he just goes, holy guacamole, Batman. These guys, he, he, you know, he thought he had a leg up on the Ironman distance on those guys, you know. And remember, Sam got second to Gustav Eden on this course, the St. George course yeah. last September. He wasn't in the mix with Gustav, but he, there was only one guy ahead of him when he crossed that finish line. So, he can he can race on that course. He knows how to he he's built for that course, even though he's a bigger guy. And, you know, granted, he and, and Lionel had a sprint in their race, a 70.3 race in May, which was one of the most, you know, exciting kind of finishes that I've seen in a in a triathlon. But Lionel seems to be involved I know, in a like, lot of Lionel exciting sprints finishes. with everyone, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I you know Sam has had two races this year. Uh, he did challenge Miami and challenge Puerto Barras, mm-hmm. winning both. Um, were the times outstanding? I don't know, but the the main thing is that he did those two. They were wins. He was thinking about coming to Oceanside, and he goes, "No, that would be stupid. That was right. the smartest thing that he he did." So I think he's he's learned from experience that he can't just race and race and race. He's got to pick and choose, and so he's chosen. Mm-hmm. St. George. Where's Christian Blumenfeld in this? Um, I think um, you you have to put him in as as someone to keep an eye on. However, he 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 had a little bit of a he's had a little bit of a slow start. You know, he went to um, seventy point three Dubai, didn't have a good race there, and you would have expected him to have a pretty solid race. Right. He did not he did not have it. He was not happy with it, of course. But again, you know. I think he was like tenth in Dubai, but he won a seven twenty one in Cozumel last year. So he can he can do the distance, you know. Yeah. I think I think he can he can cover it. He's uh quickly. And you can't believe everything you see on social media, you know, but I and I don't I don't see everything that there is on social media, but every now and then I you know, I'm I'm on YouTube with all you other folks out there and I'm watching <laughs> there's better than Netflix. You know what I'm saying? So go on YouTube and just like Google, I don't know, Kelly O'Mara. No, no. Christian Blumenfeld training and you'll see what he's doing. And right. So anyway, there was a video of him training yeah. and he just didn't, to me, in this video, he just didn't have that vibe like hmm. he's completely dialing it in. And I could be wrong. Right. And I hope I'm wrong because he's such a talent. So anyway, but again, you can't discount him. He's he's if he's if he has a day that he thinks he can or he says that he can he, for sure top three, if not the champion. Um, but then, you, you you know, there's a couple two other guys I like to kind of mention. Oh, yeah? One is um, Daniel Beckegaard. He mm-hmm. was 
He was third in St. George last year. Oh, is he on the start list? I didn't see him on the start list. He, he, he I, I'm pretty sure he's okay. on the start list. Okay. He was he was third in, in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Patrick Longa won it. And and keep in mind that he was actually starting to pull away from Sam Long hmm. and Lionel Sanders last May, 70.3, St. George, and he got DQ'd for drafting on the bike, so he had to pull out. But he was pulling away. No, actually, it was on the run. He was pulling away. Right. He, like, didn't serve Uh, the penalty, and so then miscommunication, and then he dropped out. Yeah. Yeah, so I, you know, favorite, maybe not necessarily favorite, but certainly could be a spoiler. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the last guy that that I, I think should be highlighted uh, just because of who he is and where he's at at his career, Sebastian Keenley. Oh, you know, he's, yeah. This is his final world championship season. I think he's, he said he's going to uh, do next year, I think. He's going to race next year, but he's he's not going to do uh, the world championship races. He's just going to do, he said, all the races that he's wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, the, the fun ones. He's got a bunch of Ironmans in there. I'm like, dang, dude, you got a strange idea of fun. You know what I'm saying? Like, and better to just like go have a picnic with your son. Right. <laughs> but anyway, you know, he's he knows this is his last chance to um, maybe pull a surprise out and do something amazing. Whether he can do that or not, I don't know. But I just think it's really cool that that he's in the mix. That he's made the statement: this is my final year. And most athletes don't. They don't actually publicly say that and they may not even know it until the season's over right and there's i i know personally that there's when you say this is your last really big year that frees you up to do to go a little bit above and beyond what you maybe would have done hmm. if you know that there's a few more tomorrows that's true and you can never count yeah. him out yeah no. absolutely especially especially on a a course that that's challenging that's going to take some experience to do well at mm-hmm. so i gotta what about cam Worf? who may or may not be racing. Seems like he hasn't decided yet. The last I looked, I didn't see his name on the start list. He was list. on the start list, and he has officially, he's told us he's still deciding. He's like oh. getting back in the pool and seeing how it goes. <laughs> so he, he, he's going he's gonna to ruin my thing that says you don't just on Wednesday go, oh, I think I'll do it on Saturday. He he's, might make that decision. Yeah. So, okay, well, if anybody can do it, Cam, you know, he's such a... I wouldn't say anomaly, but he's, first of all, let's back up. He's an amazing athlete. Mm-hmm. You know, what he can do in just about any sport that he decides that he is going to put his effort into. Yeah. He does. You know, just unbelievable. And, of course, he races, uh, as as they say in, in in Spanish, con gana. You know, he he races with gusto. He he doesn't hold back. Um, but at the same time, he, he can he can sustain to the finish. So if he's in there, it will, it, I think it will change the, 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 the mix and the dynamic because right now my sense is that all of the guys are kind of going, we, I need to be patient. I need to pace this because the marathon is going to be a really challenging thing. And I cannot blow up. If I'm going to win, be top three, do a PR, do something amazing. I've got to be able to run really fast. And to do that, you just can't, you just can't like just go guns to you know all guns slinging slaying or whatever whatever the heck they do in St. George with those guns I don't know you know there uh, but Cam can do that hmm. and so if he's going like Cam Worth style and he's there uh, he might you know pull a few guys right. away that that wouldn't be able to pace that or do that on their own so if he's in there 
the, I think the whole field could blow up. <laughs> well, at least it'll be fun to watch. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So we did the men. We got to talk about the women, which, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm always biased, but I always think the women are more exciting. But you do have two champions. I mean, you have Daniela and Ann Hogg in there. And then like a whole bunch of newcomers, too, that I think everyone's kind of keeping their eye on. Yeah, that you know, the, the women's race, I think, is um, much more up for grabs mm-hmm. than people might think. On paper, Daniela Reef is the one to beat. However, she hasn't won. The last time she won our Memorial Championship was 2018. Mm-hmm. That's that's more than a few minutes ago. And so, and she's been struggling the last couple of years. She hasn't had her normal, just completely dominant um, racing style or results. You know, so many of the years that she won in Kona, it was just mind-boggling to watch her because she would just she wouldn't make up basically any time the first until way past the the halfway point of the bike ride and then all of a sudden she'd just be like okay it's time and she'd just all of a sudden she'd gain like a minute and then five minutes and ten minutes and the next you know she's coming in the transition area and nobody's going to touch her right she hasn't been racing like that she's and so the question it so for example you know this year she um she had a lousy race in Oceanside just recently. Mm-hmm. That's that's not a good start to her year. Um, she had a lousy race in Dubai. Not a good start to her year. 70.3, two 70.3s. Um, she's been training in um, Jerome, I think it is. I don't even know what state that is. It might be Arizona. Oh, that, yeah, no, she's knows? in Arizona. She's outside of Sedona. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, um, I'm just kidding. Anyway, um, can she... Find that form, regain that form, regain that confidence. I don't know. We won't. Know. We won't know until the race right. goes off. If she's in it, if she's on it, she'll be tough to beat. You know, she she mm-hmm. can race any course really, really well. Um, Anna Haug definitely would love to um, defend her title. She's a defending champion, twenty nineteen. But yeah. again, a long minute between twenty nineteen and twenty twenty two. I think she's uh, got a little uh, chip on her shoulder that everyone sort of always forgets she sh- she's a defending champion. Yeah, I don't forget that, and I don't <laughs> I don't ever bet against a, no. a, a, re- a returning defending champ. She raced Lanzarote and uh, did not have the race that she'd hoped. However, um, it, she wasn't going into it with her normal normal, normal preparation in, in the sense that she had been training at altitude, and um, she wasn't quite she had never which she'd never really done before, and she wasn't quite sure how to taper down to be ready coming down from altitude. So she tried something. Obviously, that didn't work the way she'd hoped. So my guess is that she's modifying that coming into St. George. Uh, you know, it's been a while since she won Kona. She, she won Rock last year, which was, you know, kept her pretty current in my book. But again, not having a, the real solid race that she'd hoped to in Lanzarote, you got to wonder. Mm-hmm. The woman that beat her, Kat Matthews, um, She's she's been she's been building. She's been coming up, coming up, coming up. You know, she was fourth in St. George uh, last year. She was she was second to Daniela Reef in, in Tulsa last year, mm-hmm. which is, you know, Tulsa was probably one of Danny's best races last year. Um, she is the one who beat Anna Haug in 70.3 Lanzarote, which to me is like, hmm, hmm. this is somebody to keep an eye on because. She's on that upward trend in her performance and in, in, in her racing, and she's on form already going into 
this season at a point where if she's on point and she's continuing to build into St. George, I think she's a real threat. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, the, the guy with the crystal ball, Chris McCormick replaced Lucy Charles Barkley with um, Kat Matthews in the sub seven sub eight project. So clearly, you know, he's, he, he's somebody who he, he's got that very analytical brain and right. he looks at who's doing what and who's the one who could possibly break eight hours and he goes cat matthews very easy she's in so anyway but like we said in the very beginning because she is going to be doing sub seven sub eight now how will that affect her race in in saint george will she be going oh my god i've got to do this and then five (laughs) weeks later do do something even more amazing and i've got all this stuff i got to put in place with my team for for you know you think that's going to be like popping into their heads in the middle of the marathon I think it will be popping into her head about 27,000 times during the day. You know, it's like, um, and and you have to wonder just because if somebody has a lousy race in St. George, it'll be a lousy race, but there's going to be, there's whatever, 35 women pros or something like that. If she has a lousy day at sub seven, sub eight, there's only one other person there with her. It's going to be so blatant. Mm -hmm. So in my subconscious psychological mind, I think I would be going, I don't want to make a fool of myself when there's only two of us. I don't mind making a fool of myself if I can kind of blend in with the crowd, you know, because there's going to be there's going to be a lot of big names that are probably going to have days out there that they wish they hadn't had. Right. You know, so eh, if I blow it in St. George, well, big deal. But if I blow it at sub seven, sub eight, I'm going to look like a fool. Hmm. So anyway, if she can segment and separate, she's a contender. Mm -hmm. But my my choice is Laura Phillip. Hmm. You know, I spoke with her for for my Road to St. George series, and she's, you know, the way she trains, as as you're very aware, is that she's really dialed in her training based on her menstrual menstrual cycle. So she has, you know, in the first part of the cycle, it's when her body is very anabolic. So she can absorb a lot of higher-intensity training, a lot of strength training, and then in the second half of her cycle, her body is, is... is in the opposite of that. And mm-hmm. so she has to cut back on the, the strength and the speed work and dial in much more slow, steady, long distance stuff. And it is, it has shown, she has shown that this is a, a, a formula that mm-hmm. works r- extremely well. You know, she went 835 in Austria last year. She ran a 244 marathon, 244. Off the bike. Ironman distance, full marathon, yeah, 244. That's crazy. Let's take a moment and let that sink in for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's amazing. And then uh, she she crushed in Dubai, hmm. you know, 70.3 Dubai. So she's she's on track and she's got a great attitude. And I think I think she could be the one. Those are all the names I've been hearing. Okay. You did, don't agree with me, though. No, 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 I do, actually. I don't know who else it would be. <laughs> uh, did you know that this is... Uh, Maybe I'll have an answer to this. So this is Lindsay Corbin's 14th World Championship start. And I was wondering if there was anybody who's had more than that. From back in, like, in your, was there anyone who did more than 14 as a pro? Oh, yeah. I'm sure um, Natasha Bodman Mm, has done. Because she was racing pro until she was, I don't know, 93 years old or something. (laughs) So, um, you know, they they can't even have, they they couldn't even get her in the Ironman Hall of Fame when she was like 50 something because she was still racing pro. So. (laughs) I she she probably has the most professional okay. starts top you know a pro, uh, probably second to that might be Ken Glaw hmm. 
you know, he's done every Ironman since 1983 or something. And many of those he races as a pro. Hmm. But I would say that um, Natasha, for sure, has way more than 14. Wow. Pro starts. All right. Still a lot. Um, you know, I think that I think those are all good picks. And here's the obviously the wild card factor is that St. George is a very different course than Kona. And this could play out very differently than we've ever seen a world championship Ironman play out before. Absolutely. It's it's a course that doesn't have history. You know, Kona has history, obviously, since 1981. Mm -hmm. Granted, there's been some slight course changes, but basically you can look back and see the course, see how people have raced it, sort of build your strategy based around a big knowledge base. Ironman St. George doesn't have that same history and a lot of the pros haven't have never even raced in St. George. Hmm. Some of them have, but not. I don't know if any of them. Probably some have done the full distance there, but right. So there's there's not that kind of history. Um, secondly, there's no other Ironman outside of maybe Ironman Wales that has anything anything close to the amount of um, climbing on the bike and the run. You know, it's a it's a big climb bike ride. And the other big climb Ironmans like Nice, Lanzarote, they have they have pretty pretty easy runs relative to terrain. If you're talking about terrain okay. profile, this one's unique. Um, you know, it's got I don't know over twice the amount of elevation gain as Kona on the on the run. It's got you know massive amount. It's got 7,300 feet of climbing on the on the bike, mm-hmm. and it comes late in the ride. It's not like yeah. you get it out of the way and then you can kind of cruise. It's the opposite. <laughs> you, you you think you're feeling like a you know cotton candy and then all of a sudden you're going to hit those climbs in the later part of the bike and go ooh yeah hmm. it's like it's like uh, mile 100 that you hit the last one yeah, yeah. i mean the other, this, the de- the the positive of that is that you've got like almost 10 miles of downhill back into town so you can kind of, if you if you need you can kind of regroup but um <laughs> gustav eden pointed out that um when when he spoke with me for this series, Road to St. George, he, he said, you know, I actually, everybody else was kind of refueling on those on that long downhill. He said, I was pushing it. Oh, and he yeah. said, I made so much time on that downhill. And so... He put like two minutes on the group at 70.3 in September. But he was also going speeds. I really, really hope no age groupers try to go. Like, it was alarming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, it's it's going to be real interesting because nobody has the experience. And so everybody's kind of guessing the mm-hmm. best way to approach pacing it. And it's it's also the kind of course where if, if, you, if you start to blow up on the marathon, it's not going to be a little blow up. It's going to be a big one. You know, it's you don't have the flat factor to right. be able to just kind of float. There's going to be no floating. You're going to be going up grades. You're going to be going down grades. And both of those beat you up. I think it's going to be exciting. And, um, you know, people have asked me, well, do you think this is a real, you think this is a real world championship, right. you know, because it's not Kona and all these people have dropped out of the race and Jan Frodeno's not there. And I'm like, are you kidding me? This is, this is going to be one of the most memorable ever. And if it's the only one outside of Hawaii, that will make it even more iconic just from a sense of, right. You know, when when it's talked about, it will be the one that was won by him and her. And ultimately, um, you know, at the end of the day, when it's all in, in the history books and people are looking back and talking about 
past Ironman World Championships, no one will talk about who was not there. They will talk about who won and what happened on race day that made it so amazing. And so, and, and the course itself, even if there was one pro man and one pro woman would make it a world championship. You know what I'm saying? That's a, it's a world-class course. So any of you doubters out there who think, eh, you know, this doesn't really have the same meaning, heck, go out there and race it. <laughs> okay. And then talk about it. I don't want to race it. It looks hard. <laughs> <laughs> Kona looks so easy to me. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, have you seen that course? No. <laughs> all right, so you're going to be there then. You're going to be uh, on the ground watching it all. I will be there. I'm doing brand ambassador work for Ironman. Mm-hmm. Of course, I have a lot of athletes from Mark Allen Coaching who will be there racing. Um, and uh, there with a few other companies that I work with, Tenant Products and okay. a few others. And so it's, it's going to be just really exciting to... Um, to be there to, to 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 get as many of the people from all around the world as we can who are going to be um, there and and having a good time and uh, you know we'll get to see actually some of the the, the announcers that we haven't seen for for a while Paul K oh, okay. Joanne Murphy's coming from Ireland Ireland so you know along with Mike Riley and uh, I think Tom Zebart's going to be there but anyway super exciting and. Uh, Definitely looking forward to it. All right. Well, one last thing. What, what would you tell all these pros right now then that they should do between now and then? Just stick to your plan. You know, it's ultimately it's just another race. And all of the pros know how to race. Uh, you know, and, and the thing that is going to be, I think, again, most important on the day is to keep yourself in a good position during the swim and the bike without overcooking because this race will not be won by somebody who goes off the front on the bike. Hmm. This race will be won by a man and a woman who's in decent enough position and then puts together the marathon that they're trained to do and and to put together the marathon that your fitness um, with the fitness that you have, that, you know, you can run, you've got to take care of yourself in those first two legs of of the race. Otherwise (laughs) you're going to provide some extra excitement for all of us. (laughs) (laughs) well thank you so much for all the insight mark and then we will look forward to to seeing you out there awesome can't wait thanks to sid good luck in saint george and thanks to mark for the very very detailed breakdown and thanks to all of you keep training and keep listening and come say hi in saint george